on, Newsy Paloozy. We decode the gun debate in America in a very gentle way. But no, that's not all. Over here. Hey, 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 listen up. Yeah. <coughs> new, 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 Newsy. Newsy Paloozy. We have a super-packed episode with virtual reality and robots in medicine. Some out-of-this-world plants, literally. Microchips possibly being put in Australian footballs. And an ancient forest found in, well, you won't believe where in China. Yes, this is Newsy Paloozy, your weekly world news podcast for curious kids and adults. I'm your host, Leela Shivshanka Brickett, and as ever, I'm joined by the big story explainer and sound effects finder. Otherwise known as my mama. Hello, hello, I'm Lindy Prickett. All right, let's dive on in with... The, the Big News Story of the Week. So, the gun debate in America. This is probably the hardest story we've ever had to do on Newsy Paloozy. You're telling me. And just to be clear, we are not going to go into any details of the recent shootings. You probably know all you want to know by now, and hopefully you've talked to your parents about this as well. It's just so annoying. I know, I know. And it's the worst, but it is an important topic. So even if it makes us upset and uncomfortable and annoyed, we did think, didn't we, Leela, that it was time to try and decode the debate for those who want to know more. For those who don't, of course, you can skip ahead five and a half minutes. Personally, I don't get what the debate is. Take guns off the streets. That's simple. I totally understand. But it's not that simple, sadly. One of the arguments that the pro-gun lobby makes is that no matter what laws you have, people could still illegally get guns. Wait, when you say gun lobby, I picture an old Wild West hotel lobby with lots of guns hanging on the wall. Is that what you mean? (laughs) (laughs) No. All right, let's back up a minute. Back in the olden days, members of the public, like you or me, would go to meet elected officials. You mean politicians? Yes. Also called legislators. Exactly. They'd go and meet them in the lobby of a legislative building, like Capitol Hill or Britain's Parliament, because they wanted their help with something. Well, they eventually became known as lobbyists. Only now, they're typically not really just members of the public, but highly paid representatives of a company or a group of people. Like the NRA. I mean, National Rifle Association. Right. A.K.A. the gun lobby. The NRA is one of the biggest and most powerful lobby groups in America. So they go head-to-head with anyone who wants to create laws that limit gun ownership or usage. But why? Well, mostly it comes down to something called the Second Amendment. You you know what an amendment is, right? It's when you add or change something, right? Right. So the U.S. Constitution, which established the basic, or I should say the supreme laws of the country, has 27 formal amendments to it. That's a lot of changes. (laughs) Well, the world has changed a lot since 1787 when it was written. But actually, just four years after it was written, the Second Amendment was created that says the right of the people to keep and bear arms, as in weapons, shall not be infringed, as in it cannot be broken or taken away. 
Why? When crazy people do crazy things with guns. Don't forget, this was a long time ago. The American Revolution had just ended in 1783. A war of independence, when the United States became free from Great Britain. That's right. So the right to rise up and defend yourself against a government or a regime you no longer agreed with is something that's deeply ingrained in America and in a lot of people's minds. But that doesn't explain crazy, horrible people opening fire on innocent people. No, it doesn't. But the gun lobby would say it's crazy people that are the problem, not the guns. Uh, but I don't think other countries have the same amount of gun violence. That's true. So does America just have more crazy, horrible people with anger management issues? Well, here's where it gets even more complicated. Oh, brother! There are people who defend the Second Amendment, but who do admit the system is broken, that there are too many guns in America, and people with mental health problems need to be stopped having them by tightening background checks. In fact, 83% of gun owners support this. Then. Congress hasn't passed it. But if it's what the people who elect them want, I know, and that's not all. There are also a lot of people who say at least put a ban on the big guns that do a lot of damage fast. They're known as assault weapons. Let me guess, Congress hasn't passed that either. There was a ban, but only for ten years, and it hasn't been renewed. There are also red flag laws. Wait, red flag is in warning, warning. Right, it allows families or police to disarm someone suspected of being a threat, but it's only passed in 19 of America's 50 states. It all makes me so mad. Well, the gun lobby says we just need to secure our schools and our shops and churches and etc. better. What? Then we'll all be walking around with guns. How is that good? And so the debate rages on. The fact is, if you feel passionate about something, say something, do something. But what? Get organized, or join a group you believe in. Become an activist for whichever point of view you have. Lobby your politicians. Phone them up day and night, or become a fancy lobbyist, more alike. <laughs> well, that's an idea, but one thing is for sure: being active and trying to bring about change not only makes you feel better than doing nothing at all, but might make the world a better place in the process. All right, let's move on. And now we have some nature news that's out of this world. Literally, it's time for for the world of wow. Wow, wow. In other words, science. So you know how clever scientists are constantly looking at ways we humans can live in outer space, like for years and years. Yep, I have heard something about this once or twice. <laughs> well, one way is finding out how to grow food in outer space. Oh, like on a space station? Like on the moon? <laughs> That barren hunk of rock. What could possibly grow there? Space plants. Well, okay, not quite yet. But seeds that were put into soil, brought back from the moon, have sprouted. Let's call them space sprouts. Whoa! <laughs> yep, seriously. Whoa! Wow! Lonnie Power in Florida has the full report. We grow a lot of plants day to day, from home gardens to big farms. What would you say though about growing them on the moon? Two scientists from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences set out to find the answer. 
11 years and three different Apollo trips to the moon later, they got some regolith. That's the fancy word for moon soil. 12 grams to be exact. Now, that's just about a tablespoon's worth of moon soil, which isn't much when you're trying to sustain life. But they made it work. How? Well, they divided up the soil, putting just one gram of the precious soil into its own little plastic cup. They planted seeds from the small flowering weed Arabidopsis thaliana, a relative of cabbage and mustard, since we know its DNA completely and can track any changes that happen to it. They also planted seeds in a recreation of lunar soil made here on Earth to see the difference. While the Arabidopsis did sprout in moon soil, it grew slightly smaller and slower than its artificial lunar soil counterpart, most likely because some of the dirt from the moon was exposed to cosmic winds, changing its makeup. They realized that these places weren't as good for plants as the spots with less exposure. Nevertheless, this is one small step for colonizing the moon, but one giant leap for space agriculture. With that, I'm Lonnie Power for Newsy Pooloozy. Thanks a lot, Lonnie. There's nothing like a good space story to fire me up. What's that? I'll tell you what. That's the halftime bell, which means it's time to hear what's making news around the rest of the world. Hold on tight. It's Around, Around the, the World, world in 80, 80 Seconds. seconds. Ooh, Russia's military is gaining ground in eastern Ukraine. Meanwhile, the Ukrainian government says Russian soldiers aren't fighting fair, committing 200 to 300 war crimes a day. After more than a year on Mars, the Perseverance rover is finally reaching its most sought-after destination, an ancient river delta. The six-wheeled rover will examine rocks that have the best chance of retaining evidence of past life on the planet yet. In France, a suspect is arrested after smearing the famous Mona Lisa painting with cream cake. People are destroying the earth, said the man dressed in a wig. It's unclear why the Leonardo da Vinci painting was targeted. And in Spain, divers free a 39-foot or 12-meter-long humpback whale who was entangled in an illegal vertical hanging net off the coast of Majorca. It took 45 minutes to free the whale, who was said to be nervy at first, but relaxed, probably realizing the funny two-legged creatures were there to help. Thank you so much for that whippity-wappity-zippity-zappity-rap of what's making headlines elsewhere in the world, Mama. You're most welcome, Leela. So we have two stories about cutting-edge tech being used in medicine, from robotic surgeons to virtual reality healing. What? A robot surgeon? <laughs> okay, leave the sci-fi aside. It's robot-assisted surgery, the robotic extension of a surgeon's hands, basically. Oh, so the surgeon is running the robot. Exactly. The surgeon has their hands in high-tech gloves and their faces in a visor, giving them 3D vision with magnification. And so any movements that the surgeon makes, the robot makes on the patient. Huh. So I guess that means they would, well, 
be able to do things more precisely? Exactly. Smaller, more precise incisions or cuts means it's less invasive, and that basically means less bleeding. Okay. So this robotic help in medicine isn't really new, but a new study from the University College London and the University of Sheffield in England are showing the benefits are clear. People who had robot-assisted bladder cancer surgery recovered more quickly and were sent home sooner. Wowzers! Okay then. And now for some VR medicine. You mean virtual reality? Like you put that headset on and you're in a whole other universe? What's that got to do with medicine? Well, this is one for our very own tech correspondent, Nick von Hindenburg. Take it away, Nick. Thanks, you guys. So, like you said, we usually think of virtual reality as putting on a headset to help you imagine something, like a land full of dinosaurs, or even a roller coaster ride. What if I told you it can help you relieve pain? Yes, I know that's usually the job of medicine. In other words, chemicals, right? But they can sometimes have bad side effects. Never mind that people can become addicted to them too, which is not good. Well, technology to the rescue! For the last few years, techies and doctors have teamed up to see how virtual reality can help relieve pain. The latest offering comes from some clever folks at the University of New South Wales and St. Vincent's Hospital in Sydney, Australia. They created a VR game called Finding Home. The patient has to help an adorable dog—you guessed it—get home. As the British would say. It sounds barking mad, doesn't it? It turns out by distracting themselves with getting the cute canine home, the patients shift their focus away from the pain and onto the task at hand. They also develop a bond with the dog, building their own resilience, which means being able to recover from difficulties. In other words, becoming more tough. The landscape is mostly blue and purple too, which are known to be cooling colors. Sounds like a dose of VR helps patients chill out and chase the blues away, doesn't it? In Washington D.C., I'm Nick von Hindenburg reporting for Newsy Palusi. Very cool, Nick. Thanks a lot for that report. I'll be ready to play ball. Sports news. Hey, Lila. Hey, Mama. Did you hear about the new microchip technology that the Aussies may use in their football games? By Aussies, I mean Australians. I cannot say that I did. Well, a suggestion has been made to the Australian Football League, or Aussie Rules Football, to install. Get this. Microchips inside their footballs. Wait a minute! As in a very small piece of silicon with electronic circuits on it that can perform logical operations and store data. Well done. Yes, those microchips inside the football. I guess anything is possible. Yep, it would be able to check whether a ball hit the post, was touched, or had gone out of bounds. Wowzers! It said it could revolutionize the game the way Hawkeye revolutionized tennis and cricket. Those are the cameras that Sony developed almost 20 years ago to improve the accuracy of where the ball landed. That sounds like a productive way to combine sports and technology. But but what? It will make the game move faster, and you can't argue the call the way you can with officials. I know, I know. 
Why do we even need referees and umpires if chips and cameras make all the decisions? Exactly. Who would the crowd get mad at and boo? <laughs> I hear you. Who knows, pretty soon we may have robots running up and down the field making all the decisions. Oh, man. Don't you mean, oh, machine? <laughs> <laughs> at your command. And to end this packed episode, let's see what the Lucky Dip Machine has for us this week. Step right up, step right up, step right up. Have a go at the Lucky Dip Machine. The Lucky Dip Machine. What's it going to be today, eh? An oddball, no doubt. An oddball, no doubt. Odd, ancient, and heavenly. Oh, good old Lucky Dip Machine. What's it spit out this week? Well, first, if I say heavenly pits, what comes to your mind? Uh, definitely not armpits? Quite. Believe it or not, it's what Chinese geologists... Those are the scientists who study the physical aspects of Earth. Thank you. It's what Chinese geologists call sinkholes. Sinkholes? As in a hole in the ground, usually caused when the surface collapses, which are really annoying if you happen to drive over one. What's heavenly about them? Okay, think less hole in the road and more hole in a jungle or forest. Hmm. Where life, ancient trees and plants, animals and insects, never affected or messed up by humans, can quietly thrive and thrive. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is heaven a very quiet place, Lula? <laughs> All right, I guess that can be heavenly. Well, a massive one has been discovered in southern China. And when I say massive, I'm talking 630 feet deep. That's like a 58-story high building. Geologists around the world are super excited about all the unknown species. It might be home to... Uh, unknown species? Yeah! Scientists have already found plants and trees that usually just grow shoulder high. But in this sinkhole, guess how big they are? Mm, three times that? More like 20 times your height, Mama. Huge sinkholes like this can be protected oasises for ancient life. Hence the word, heavenly pits. Nothing at all to do with armpits. Trust me, those aren't heavenly. Those are just stinky. <laughs> <laughs> And it's time to wrap up the podcast with the, the top, top five facts, facts heard today. today. Fab fact number one. The gun debate rages in the U.S. with many pro-gun groups like the NRA resisting calls to tighten gun laws. What's the NRA? The National Rifle Association. Fab fact number two. Most people who resist tightening the gun laws often say doing so is against the Second Amendment, which states what? The right of people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, as in it can't be broken. Fab fact number three. 
A new virtual reality game developed in Australia offers patients an innovative way to manage pain and build resilience. But what's resilience? Being able to recover from difficulties. Fab fact number four. Scientists use lunar soil to grow plants for the first time. What is that kind of soil called? Regolith. Fab fact number five. A giant sinkhole with an ancient forest inside is found in southern China. What is a sinkhole? A hole in the ground usually caused when the surface above collapses. And don't forget, if you want to test yourself later on, then go to the Lucky Dip page of our website, newsypalooza.com. That's Palooza spelled P-O-O-L-O-O-Z-I. And take the quiz online in your own time. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Newsy Paloozy. If you enjoyed this dip in the coolest pool of news and information, then do subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it, give us a good rating. Or better still, leave us a review. See you next week in the happy, splashy, giant, Nizzy Pooh Lizzie. <laughs>